All right, we are live, gentlemen. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Like I need to I start the you. show? Yeah, I think you do. I didn't realize it was going to look that quickly. What's going on, everybody? Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us for anything and everything rock and roll. Of course, with a little bit of ADD. I'm Zach. I'm TJ. And I'm Robin. And you're listening to Rock Detention. I don't feel tardy. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Always good. How you boys doing? Doing great. It's been a few weeks again, huh? So good. So good. Oh, As we say in Minnesota. I'm not in Minnesota. But if I did, it. that's how I'd say it. Yeah, You'd be go. cold if you were. You'd see snow, though. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. It's probably low 40s, high 30s here in Nashville, and I can't feel my fingers. It is so cold, man. I still go out sleeveless, believe it or not. God, I don't know how of you course you would. I, I had to wear the sleeves that. tonight. I got a hockey jersey on tonight, at least. Good, good, good. Hey, real quick, shout out to Robin. Robin, uh, something cool happened today. Why don't you tell us uh, about yeah. it? Uh, so my recent single is uh, on uh, the BMI Texas 10 Spotify playlist. And it's actually, I believe, if you go to the playlist, it's the first one, which I was really like, oh, okay. I thought it'd be much farther down on the playlist. So I was very excited to wake up to that note. Cheers, Mr. Robin. Congrats, buddy. That's awesome. Thanks, Seriously. Man. We are very proud of you. Very proud. Very proud. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Borat. What's uh, Love so, that movie. So what's uh, what's what's new with, with both of y'all? Like, you found out what's new with me. Yeah. Dude, I've been doing a lot of home recording. Um for some artists and uh it's 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 really been fun i'll tell you what uh, uh recording at home is a lot different than in the studio mm -hmm. uh it's a lot more relaxed and you can it, it gives you the freedom to kind of try some weird things you know what i'm saying yeah. you know because in the studio you, you're timed and and you gotta i mean at least in nashville you gotta get in and you gotta get out uh, uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really excited to to let everybody see what I've been working on. So that's uh that's my life for you. Uh, oh, I got some new running shoes yesterday. You know what? Shout out to Fleetfoot. No, Fleet Feet, Fleet Feet in Nashville, dude. One of the coolest experiences. You get there, and uh, they take a 3D model of your foot. You walk across this pad, and he shows you on the iPad like um. Uh, uh, you know, where all your hot spots are, you know, if you walk inward or outward, blah, 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 measure your arches and uh, really cool experience. Fleet feet in Nashville. Go check them out. People. Awesome. Over to you, TJ. What's new brother? Oh, uh, not much. Just got back from Florida and I think I'm heading back there next week just cause it, uh, I miss it. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> when are you not traveling every weekend? Uh, every other weekend. There you go. Ah, right on. All right, so we obviously have a huge guest today, and TJ, this is thanks to you. What? Uh, how did this come about? Uh, it never hurts to ask, I guess. That's just the, that's the motto in life, right? Or my number one rule. There you go. One of them. So I, worst I couldn't do, agree more. Worst they could do is say no. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you like guys when, are learning. You're learning. Fifty-one <laughs> episodes in, and you're finally learning. It's like when you're at a bar and and you see a a, a pretty lady, you know. You gotta ask because you you you'll, you'll it'll always be no if you don't ask, right? Correct. So yes, <laughs> I, I, 
I <laughs> go well, on. It, it, it's getting hard to introduce uh, legends on the show. I don't. I, I, maybe I'll get good at it one day. But two uh, in a row, absolutely. Uh, the doctor is officially in the house. Um, actually, after we were in the waiting room a little bit, but uh, the doctor is <laughs> officially in the house. Uh, I'll present to you, Mr. Matt Fink, aka Doctor Fink. Hello, hello, welcome. Hey guys, it's nice to be here. Thanks for Thank joining. You for being here. I like the new this new thing, you know, this new podcast medium everybody's doing. I've been doing a lot of these and the you know, especially during COVID, you know, and it's always great to meet new people like you guys. Oh, Likewise, my friend. Pleasure is ours. <laughs> Trust us. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of COVID and, and doing new things during all this, what have you been up to since COVID started and all of and all of this chaos ensued? Oh boy! Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> rewind to uh, January. Uh, I don't know, late January nineteenth ish, twentieth. I can't remember for sure the date. Uh, the Revolution from Prince and the Revolution. We're out in Los Angeles videotaping a tribute to Prince Grammy special that aired in April of 2020. And we were there. This is just you could just begin to feel the whole COVID thing starting to creep up on us. You know, it was like really weird. You know, we were out in L.A. and uh, I just felt like something was coming, you know, very serious. And because of all the news that was, you know, trickling out of China and everything. And, and and actually where I work here in Minneapolis, I work for a company here for the last six years by the name of uh, ADX Labs, which is a tech company. And my division is the music entertainment side of it, uh, of this company, which I'll get into more detail later. But um, it, I was there and I, I would come back to my office, you know, after this trip and, and we have people in China that work for our company and they were they were sending reports of just how bad it really was in China. We were getting really accurate news out of China. So our media was not reporting it enough by then. Not not really. It wasn't really giving a clear picture and it was being downplayed, obviously, by uh, the previous president already. So. Um, yeah, it, it was very, uh, scary. I knew it was going to hit. So as soon as I, I, in March, when things got locked down, I had, I had to go back out to LA again on another trip that last, first week of March. And as I was leaving that day to come back to Minneapolis, they announced the pandemic was going into effect. And, uh, I wasn't surprised. I got back to my office the next day and <laughs> People were saying, were you in L.A.? I go, yeah. Don't breathe on me. <laughs> oh, sure. People were just like, don't. What do you? Oh, go home. <laughs> you know, it just got really paranoid. So I went home and then I immediately started wearing surgical masks. As you know, I'm not, you know, no stranger to. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I had some at home. I had a whole bunch. And um, did people I, recognize you more when you were they, out about? Funny. I get recognized now if I'm wearing the mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> so what happened is uh, that was it. I mean, I just and so I'm walking around Target with a mask on. I'm like the only guy 
everybody's looking at me weird. You know, everybody, they're all saying pandemic, pandemic. I'm the only guy taking it seriously in the beginning. So, and then I started sending masks to friends in New York when things started getting really bad in New York. Sure. People, there was a shortage of masks. I remember. And yeah, I, I mean, sent masks people he, there. He had them all stockpiled. Yeah. How yeah. many did you have? <laughs> I got quite a few because, you know, I was wearing them on stage and I would, you know, I'd just get rid of them or sign them and give them away. Sure. To so wow yeah isn't that funny yeah so during so during all this of course i was i kept doing what i was already doing uh with uh our company which is now called the v nation which is like an entertainment company it it encompasses a record label called v records and we also have artist management under our uh, wing and um we also have an artist promotions wing, which helps, you know, do playlisting for artists, you know, and, and do campaign cool. for your, you know, for videos on YouTube, you know, promoting and marketing your video and your music and uh, things like that. So it's a one-stop shop for an artist. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, now, speaking of what you're doing now, do you still run the operating room? Is that still a thing? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I'm I'm also on the sync music licensing side. That's primarily what I'm doing for the company is, you know, shopping material for, you know, for our, we have six signed artists on the V records label and I'm, I'm working with them, you know, getting their, trying to get their music placed for uh, movie TV ads and advertising and video games, things like that. And um, <clears throat> so that's that's mainly what I've been doing for the company. But prior to that, there was like a music streaming service happening too within the company, which is called My My Music. Okay, and I was going to ask you about that. And that's strictly for you know independent hip hip hop artists, R and B hip hop and hip hop artists, and it's you know it's doing okay. You know we're we're trying to be like Loom right now, where you know the artists can get tipped by you know people listening to the music and all that. But we want to expand into country and, and pop rock and all the genres, you know, that are out sure. there um, and everything. So that that's eventually going to happen. Well, wonderful. Well, it sounds like I might be seeing you in Nashville soon in the near future. I hope so. Because that's uh, I mean, this is kind of the country mecca. Uh, yeah. So I, I just want to verify you are in, in Minneapolis still. Yes, that's where the company, the record label is based. It's based here. Yeah. Okay, right on, right on. It's pretty new. You know, it's, we really, you know, the label <laughs> was just getting underway like uh, summer of 2019, late summer, mm-hmm. kind of, just before the pandemic sort of hit. We were just, and things were really more really getting underway by November of, of that year, just before the pandemic hit. So we were all locked down, everybody on our team, you know, we had team members in New York, Minneapolis and Atlanta, and we were all coordinating through Zoom, through the whole thing, you know, and and none of the artists could really do a lot live other than some, excuse me, some streaming things. So, yeah, so now we're just kind of trying to find our our legs again and uh, get going for the artists. But if you go to vnation.com, that's our website that spotlights all the artists all the the artist services that we have on the platform uh, uh, that's what's happening vnation.com and uh and right now uh there's going to be a dr fink 
video blog in the works as well. Nice. So we'll have to have you guys on one night. Or, or in. <laughs> we, we would love to. Is, is there a specific uh, genre of music that y'all are, uh, you know, working with? Or is it everything at V Nation? Right now, it's been the, you know, pop side of things, you know, like top 40 pop, what you'd, what, what you, what you'd hear on KDWB, for instance, you know, in Minneapolis, which is our top 40 state. Uh you know, hip, you know, current hip hop, you know, the, the post Malone kind of genres and, uh, you know, rap artists and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Right on. Well, you being a synthesizer player, are you, are you recording on some of these, these albums? Not really. No, I haven't really been producing or working with, um, any of these artists. Well, I shouldn't say that there's one, uh, that's signed to the label who's based in New York, who I've done a little bit of session work for so far. But primarily, they're all self-contained with all their own producers and writers and all that stuff. And and what one thing I did forget to mention was that uh, one of the divisions of ADX Labs is also a company called Pixel Lakes, which is a video game production company. So uh, during COVID, I, and prior, just before COVID, in November of 2019, I started production on one of the video games the music and overseeing the production on that and that particular game uh, which is going to come out at some point here called rhythm rumble which is like a fighting game and the, and the characters are dancing and fighting against different genres of music and there's 14 genres of music in this uh video game and they're dressed like the genres of music that they're fighting to that's awesome well, I hope there's an 80s metal uh, sequence in this game. And every... Of course there is. So it's a bunch of Sebastian Box and, and Brett Michaels running around? Everything. It's like every genre. No, not like that. They're, it's like one-on-one. -on -one. It's all one-on-one, -on -one, but each character is dressed like their, like their genre of music. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a really fun little game. And uh, so I had worked with... A total of eight different composers on the game. Wow. I brought in eight different people, including myself, to uh, work on this. Because I don't, you know, I'm not the be-all and end-all in, in every genre. I don't profess to be. So, I, you know, I, I worked on five of the songs out of the 14. And I brought in other people that I knew that could handle the stuff that I didn't handle so well. You right know? on. So, yeah. Now, I... I know nothing about uh, the video game world. That's more Robin's cup of tea. Um, uh, so, Robin, you're definitely going to have to get that game because oh, yeah. I'll come I, over I, and I'll, I'll watch you play it. That sounds great. You'll be Sebastian Bach every time. I'm terrible, yeah. terrible <laughs> I, I, at fighting video games, but yeah, sure. Why not? I think it's going to be on Nintendo Switch eventually. Ooh, guess who's got one, boys? Oh, we'll, we'll come up to Minnesota yeah, we'll then. Coming up to Minnesota then. <laughs> But uh, what I wanted to know was, is, is, um, was, is, uh, so, so a video game, how many songs are on a video game soundtrack? So 14 songs can take care of a whole game? Yeah, because they're going to loop, you know, for each fighting sequence. And then the, the intention is to add more material to the game pretty quickly. You know, once it's out, we're going to see how it goes, you know? Okay. If it catches on a bit. And if it catches on well, then there will be producing more music for the game as well. That'll be righteous. You know. That's how they make and, and their money it, these days. Is it said? 
downloadable content. Like, oh, it worked. Let's yeah. pay more money. And it's all original content. There's no vocals on it. It's instrumental only. Right on. Except for the title track, which was written by my son, Max. Right. Okay. So so you have a son and and he's a musician as well. Yeah, he's out in L.A. He's a producer and songwriter out there. And he's been doing a little gigging when he can, but it's been hard, as we all know. So hopefully things will start to ramp up for him. He just put had a single that came out with an artist by the name of Darko, who's an EDM guy. Uh, it's spelled D-V-R-K-O. Write that down and look it up. Okay. The song called Deeper, which features my son Max uh, on the song. He co-wrote the song and sings it and wrote the melody and lyrics and co-produced it with Darko, who's a you know, great EDM producer. And... Uh, so his stage, my son's stage name is Max Millie, which is M-V-X-M-I-L-L-I. So it's funny, the two of them met at a party one night out in L.A. And his name is spelled D-V-R-K-O, stage name. And then, then Max Millie, M-V-X-M-I-L-L-I. So they had their second letter for the letter A being the letter V. So it was a coincidence. They meet at this sure. party. You're using a V for your As A. As an A. Yeah. Part of your that's really cool. What are you doing? Well, I got some music. Oh, really? What do you? I got some music. Let's listen to each other's music. And next thing you know, they're listening and going, "Wow, this is really good. We like each. Other. Why don't we work on something?" I and love that. It works out like that. Just networking, you know. It networking is well, everything. Never, never hurts to ask, boys. So check that song out. It's deeper. It's it's a nice little poppy EDM number. Uh, believe it's up to about 1.2 million hits on uh, YouTube at this time since about end of July of last summer. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I will, will definitely, definitely check that out. Um, you know what? I want, I want to, I've been meaning to ask you a question. I want to get onto gear now. Uh, sure. Have you moved over to all um, uh, controllers or are you still using all the old vintage gear? I use both still. I have both. I have, I have MIDI controllers in the studio, and I have rack mount synths, and I have regular straight-ahead keyboard synthesizers from vintage times, back in the day times here. I've got pretty, pretty wide variety of stuff. What, what in particular were you using back in the Prince days? Oh, Oberheims were religiously used. I have an Oberheim. Ivan Oberheim for sure, OB8, and uh, I've got all the Oberheim plugins as well that people have developed. You know, are they anywhere uh, close, or is it nowhere near? Some of them are are good. Some of them are decent. You know, they're they're good. They do a decent job emulating, but they some of them have missed the mark on certain things. Okay. So you know, but I've managed to program them to sound very close, you know, for live. Cause I use them live. I don't bring my, my nice old Oberheim on tour on the road. Cause it's just, I don't blame fun. you. Well, it just gets, you know, gets too much to hauling it around. So anyway, yeah, the plugins, I make them sound pretty close. Right on. Some other plugins that aren't Oberheim sound close to those sounds these days. And, and are you just synth? Or do you also do B3 organ and, and classical piano? And I do it are all. You everything keys? Everything, okay. Absolutely. In fact, you know, the, the CEO of our company at ADX Labs, uh, Steve Renner, he's got a side group going right now with 
me playing key, keyboards in it. We're getting ready to track his album, which is, uh, you know, like Stevie Ray Vaughan meets ACDC meets uh, <laughs> meets um, Deep Purple. That wow. is, so you I'm, had I'm, me at Stevie Ray. Lot, I'm playing a lot of distorted Hammond in that, on those recordings. And th- that album that we're getting record is we're very close to going in the studio right now which is here in minneapolis a place called river rock studios which uh adx owns actually owns that studio you heard of river rock up in northeast minneapolis yeah that name Uh, that name rings a bell and i and i don't know why okay well maybe tj you've heard of that place sounds familiar but i can't say why yeah river rock studios.mn uh their website it's a it's a nice room anyway uh, so we'll be doing that very soon. And, um, yeah, we've got, you know, the real Hammond in there. Great Yamaha grand piano Hammond Hammond a 100 actually, which is like a B three. And it's just been re- totally refurbed that Hammond. Oh, right yeah. on. Yeah. It's good. It's, yeah, it's fun. Love a good Hammond. Yeah. So I yeah, love my- a good ham. I'm sorry. Is that a bad joke? Tis the season. Good what? <laughs> what did you say? I missed that. Oh, I just said I love a good ham. It, oh yeah. I, t- I tell dad jokes, so. Actually, you know. Well, anyway, we won't get into that. But. Uh, <laughs> Hi. TJ, what you got going? Oh, I was actually not to backtrack, but I was going to ask, like, how, how do you go through your head when you're like writing an instrumental for a like a video game? I'm curious. Well, for this particular game, they wanted every genre pretty much represented. So we did everything from, you know, punk to funk <laughs> to, you know, jazz, country, heavy metal, uh, disco, EDM. Is every genre pretty much was even classical. There's a great classical piece that was put into this thing, too. Really cool. So it's just, uh, yeah, that, that it, for that particular thing. But, if you know, I've done video games in the past, and the, depending on what the theme of the game was, you have to kind of, you know, go by the emotion of what's happening or, you know, what the action is at that time. Is it more like, hey, we brought you in, free flow, you do whatever you want? Or is it more like, hey, this is what we want, can you pull this off? Sometimes, yeah, they'll, a lot of times they'll have a music supervisor involved that that's, you know, almost like a producer, you know, saying this is what what we need and keep it like this. And they'll send you revisions and things like that when needed. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was just always curious about that. Cause like there's some video games that have epic music and there's some that it's like, you just don't think about it, but some sticks out more than others. Yeah. Now, one thing I forgot to mention is um, about the sync licensing side is I'm not just representing uh, the artists on the label. I also have a a stable of artists that I'm representing, too, for uh, sync licensing work. Nice. I I just have sync licensing agencies that I relate with now, and then they're doing a lot of the the work for me at this time. Although I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of new at it. But the, the the whole key is to to start to develop relationships with music supervisors and people like that who do music on TV shows and movies and whatnot. I've got a friend here in Austin that that's that's how he makes his living is just doing sync license stuff, and he makes a damn good living at it. 
Yeah, do you, do you send him your material ever, like to shop or to, uh, to keep up? He's heard my stuff, but he's a writer himself, so he's he's completely like they. He gets calls from from people, and they're like, "Hey, I need a you know, I need a forty five second clip thing for this show. It needs to be kind of this vibe." Go, and he, yeah. you know, it, so he's doing work. He's doing custom work for, for yeah. Was that for a TV show or something? Um, or? I know he's done TV shows. I know he's done movies, commercials. He's got a long, he's a hip hop artist in his own right. And so he's got a massive catalog of stuff that he just shops out. And um, yeah, he's the yeah. one, he was the one who beat it into my head. He was like, always own your masters. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've done, I've done a few music libraries myself, you know, like yeah. that for some people sync libraries. But uh, yeah, I now, now I really want to get more and more into music for film and documentaries. I just did a short film recently for about COVID, actually. Mm. Music for that that's coming out soon. And then uh, there's a, a documentary, also a medical-based documentary, coming out on Netflix that I'm doing the theme song for. Fitting. Nice. Uh, is that movie uh, a documentary style, or is it is it like oh, it, a scripted? not a movie movie it's a, it's a doc- actual documentary yeah and the title escapes me at the moment i'm sorry in fact i was just talking to the guy who's doing the editing right now so they haven't sent it over yet for me to work on so wow. it'll be a, a little bit when you're doing when you're scoring for uh, let's say this documentary uh mm-hmm. do you do you um is there a specific program that you have up on your computer that, I mean, do they just send you a .mov and you're playing along to it? How does that work? Exactly. You just, you can just bring it right into pro tools and lock right up to it immediately. Just, it just comes right in. You just import it right into, and then the picture's right there in pro tools. And, uh, I didn't know pro tools did video. That's incredible. Right on. uh, I was talking with, uh, I think it was my friend Andre, who's another studio engineer here in Austin, and he was telling me that that Pro Tools is probably going to be releasing a massive update soon. That's going to mm-hmm. be have a lot more of video incorporated into it. Um, so. Yeah, right now, you know, you can just bring anything in that you have to play against, and it'll lock up just fine. Uh, it's not for editing by any means. It's not like you know Final Cut Pro or anything for doing. Yeah within pro tools on video no but <clears throat> yeah so lately i've been working on a couple christmas songs for people we like christmas at least i yeah. do i don't know about these guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> these, these are it. just standards that they wanted to ring on you know put out for singles you know like it's good you know it's beginning to look a lot like christmas and i'll be home for christmas those are the two we've been working on the last weeks isn't it funny how Christmas songs, like, when was the last, cla- like, we'll, we'll, that we consider, like, oh, that's a classic Christmas song, you know? Like, like to, new one? Like, new one? Just any, like, when was the yeah. last one that's, like, kind of in the, when you listen to Christmas radio or anything, it comes on and you're like, yeah. The last, for me, the last one was Mariah Carey. That was the last song that, like, entered the playlist and just... Christmas hit. That was the last big, big hit. Yeah. It was huge. And it's, other than that song and, like, Last Christmas 
from I think that was Wham or was Wham. It? Well, George Michael technically, I believe. I, I, I can't remember, remember the it was yeah Wham or George Michael. I don't know. Uh, but then you had Paul McCartney's simply having a wonderful Christmas time, and then like it jumps back to like nineteen, like the nineteen forties, fifties, and and early sixties with stuff. It's yeah. it's time, boys. It's time. Yeah, they're just... yeah. There hasn't <laughs> been a new really kick-ass Christmas hit in a while. Yeah. But you well, know, it's funny. I heard the Christmas version of Funky Town yesterday. Someone sent me. I thought that was hilarious. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If Apple. If you go on Apple, you can find uh, the song Funky Town, every genre practically, and on one page that someone put it out like this crazy compilation. Of, of all genre versions of that's hysterical well what's easy about christmas is all you have to do is add bells jingle bells sleigh bells in the background and it's automatically a christmas song all you have to do oh it's uh, so every and- every year at eddie v's when it gets around this time uh one of the guys i play with he'll end almost every song of the night he'll end it with Ding, 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 ding. Like, because it works for, like, almost every jazz song that you're playing. It just, you can add that in at the very end. And last year was the first time someone was like, why do you do that at the end of every song? And we're like, we've waited three years for you to notice. <laughs> oh, Lord. funny. So, so you're saying jazz is all the same chords in every song? No, but if you're getting that, Robin? If you're... No, but if you're smart enough, you can put that into any key. And I, I just had to give you crap somewhere, dude. I, I'm a drummer, man. I don't know chords. <laughs> you're fine. You know what? So so uh, we started this podcast um, based on our love for the 80s. Uh, you know, you if you can't tell, I am all of us. <laughs> we love the 80s. You're very and, reminiscent of Ted Nugent today. Oh well, Ooh. thank you. I I, <laughs> I I will, I'll take it. He's a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. I, I like it. Uh, but I I would be you know because you were alive during this era. Uh, what what was your thoughts on on the glam metal? And when I say glam metal, I'm talking Poison, White Snake, Motley Crue, um, Def Leppard. What was your take on all that? And what were you doing uh, during those glory days? Well, it was that's boy, you know, I, I definitely can appreciate that genre of music and all those all those bands that had some great hits. And uh, I enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Most of it, in fact, that was on the radio coming from every single one of those bands you mentioned. Uh, I. You know, those are all very guitar driven bands. Obviously. Who had keyboards out of all those groups you mentioned? Bon Not really. Bon Jovi. Europe, Europe, bon and Jovi. Van, and Van Halen. Yeah, uh, they more, jump. later stuff. But not okay. Van. Not <laughs> keyboard work, but yeah. What's that? Oh, oh I, I just said, jump. Yeah well, yeah, well, jump was later on. I was gonna say, but then yeah. Europe, Europe, and Bon Jovi were the two big ones. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember yeah. who who had keyboards out of those, but for they were primarily guitar-driven groups. You know, but of course, then there was Journey and all that, but. Uh, for me, you know, because I was with Prince, that he was fusioning. He, he had this fusion thing going. He was like mixing everything together, which was really cool. Um, <clears throat> at one point, uh, you know, and then I used to like Bob Seger. 
from that era, late 70s into the 80s, too. And we, we kept running into him on tour and, and Bruce Springsteen. We kept running into these people and saying hello to them. But and that was like just Americana rock. You know, it was like a, to me, it was like that, you know, Tom Petty and all those guys. Sure. Then, and then there are the hair bands that came in, like you're talking about the metal kind of heavy rock, poppy. It's great stuff, you know, the Bon Jovis of the world and, and all that. So, yeah, I really appreciated uh, that that music quite a bit. In fact, you know, back before Prince, you know, if you want to get into that kind of style of music, uh, to me, one of the precursors to some of that was Boston, you know, and this was like 77. And uh, I was in a cover band at that time. We immediately learned all of Boston stuff. Literally, the day the album came out, we bought it and started learning it. Nobody knew who Boston was. We were the first people, kids on the block, to learn Boston and play it in a bar. Wow. <laughs> well, their debut. Were you all doing all the Boston. harmonies? We did everything. Wow. We did everything. Dude, we were that's... a good band, by the way. Good cover band. Really good. So... Yeah, uh, but we played all that. We played Aerosmith, we played Zeppelin, we played, you know, when Boston hit, you know, we played Steely Dan. In those days, I, we were covering everything. Elton John, I was doing it all. We were doing doing all that, you know. And then and then later, you know, uh, after that group, just before Prince, we did the whole disco era. You know, as soon as Saturday Night Fever hit, you know, we played the whole album live, and that was not in that rock band, not in the band doing Boston. This was in another group that was more R and B oriented. Sure, we Wonder and and uh, you know that kind of stuff. So dance. It was weird. I, I I I tried every genre leading up to Prince. So when I when I got into Prince's group and auditioned for him when I was twenty, you know, not quite twenty one. Wow. Pretty well versed in in all these genres at that time, and then he was starting to fuse them as well. He was good, not just doing funk and R and B; he was starting to get into the you know rock side a lot, as you as you saw. So, yeah, really interesting how he did that. So, <clears throat> working working with someone uh, of that kind of caliber, that kind of I don't want to say OCD, but that that mentality of just like he's can play all the instruments. He's a brilliant writer and he, he kind of knows what he wants. And, you know, so working with someone like that, kind of on that level, what was that? What was that like at such a young age to kind of like have to like navigate that water? Uh, you're, you're just, you know, you're there hopefully to contribute to what his creative vision is, A, which is what I, you know, always aspired to, and B, uh, recreate what he did in the studio by himself, too. Mm -hmm. And you you kind of had to, you know, get to know him and also learn his technicalities. And, you know, for me, the one thing that he liked about me, I think that, which is one of the reasons he hired me was, at the audition, I wasn't afraid to ask him to show me a keyboard part. I said, you know, I can't hear that part. That It's too buried in the mix. Can you show it to me? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he, he probably appreciated that. He did. He said, you're the first guy I've, I've auditioned who actually asked to do, you know, because some of these other guys couldn't hear it either, but they were they didn't want to ask me to show it to him, you know. Wow. And I said, yeah, well, there you go. And I said, yeah, show it to me. So in about 
15 minutes of noodling with him, you know, I learned the part and I think that impressed him. So I think that's one of the things he, he, uh, he liked about me. So I don't know, you know, but th- believe me, it, there were times when we rubbed each other the wrong way, you know, just like with anybody you're working with. Sure. But I worked with him for 12 years and it was a great relationship for the most part. Were you all tight outside of the band? Like, like, would y'all go hang? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Did you you show up as Dr. Fink or did that come later? Um, you know, it's interesting. He, he really had this way of marketing himself and he, it was just to be in his character all the time. So he wanted the band members to be in character all the time in public. So uh, yeah, as things got more and more successful, I was the doctor in public whenever possible. And, and now the, during the pandemic as well. <laughs> Sorry, that was a mask joke. <laughs> Sometimes I, I do dress up in my scrubs just to see what it feels like, you know, again. So, um, just kidding. <laughs> no. Or what, are you? <laughs> at, the be- at the beginning, what types of venues were y'all playing? And then when he blew up, like, was it overnight y'all went from clubs to arenas? Yes and no. I mean, there was a progression, obviously. Uh, in, in the earliest gigs, uh, the very first gig we ever did was a very small, like, 250-seat theater in North Minneapolis where we had to play for the uh, Warner Brothers executives flew in to check us out for the first time, and, you know, general public came to that. And then later, they just put us in, uh, <clears throat> about a year later, we did showcase clubs around the U.S. So these are, you know, smaller venues, you know, anywhere from 300 to 600 to 800 seat kind of places. Sure. And, uh, and so from there, we managed to be teamed up as an opening act with Rick James. Wow. Late 79 through spring of 1980, that tour went. That was like a good six months or so on the road with Rick James across the U.S. And uh, so that was our first taste of arena, you know, concert life. And that was really interesting for us. Did, did you, do you prefer arenas or do you prefer smaller intimate venues? <clears throat> well, theaters were nice, you know, any theaters are, are decent to me. I, I you know, clubs are okay. You know, good sized clubs. That's fine. I, I don't mind the arenas though, because the sound can be great in the arenas. Sure. Now. You know, it's just, ears. <laughs> stadiums, yeah, stadiums on the other hand, I'm not wild about or indoor dome stadiums. Those were difficult back in the day without in-ear monitors. Everything was echoing back. You know, you'd have this sure. act that could be confusing. So, yeah. What year did you switch to in-ears? Because I imagine it was wedges at the beginning. During my tenure with Prince, uh, there were, we never went to in-ears because they weren't really available yet. By the time I left, they were just kind of coming in, and he didn't really want to do them. He, didn't, he wasn't interested in in-ear monitors. And then uh, later on, I started using them you know, with other people down the road. Right on. Wow. What was stage volume crazy uh, on that gig? Yeah, but it was clean. You know, it was like really super clean. You could hear everything. 
but uh, like my personal wedges were always at a good volume, but Prince liked to have side fill monitors on either side of the stage that were just like having full on P8, you know, washing over the stage. Sure. So wow. I would get that. I would get some of that side fill stuff, but that was primarily for him. But you could feel the bass in your chest, no question. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. It always, always makes me a little uncomfortable when I can, when I can actually like when I'm on stage and I'm playing bass, I can feel if I can feel it. I'm just like, if it's too much, like a little bit's great. A little bit, you yeah. can, you can feel where it is. But like, man, there's Zach was with me one time when we went into a club, and I literally turned to him and I was like, dude, I have to leave. Like this bass is literally causing my heart to feel weird barcelona yeah was it barcelona yes. in austin i couldn't do that that was that was crazy amount is of that is that club still there uh probably not most of the clubs on sixth street art so oh man have you ever played sixth street sir is this in uh austin yeah in austin. yes sir uh <clears throat> i've never played there but i was i was at south by southwest in 2018 and, you know, uh, we had a, a, a one of the I can't even remember the club, but we were featuring some artists in one one of the clubs along there. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you enjoy South by Southwest? Yeah, sure. I think 2018. Sarcasm. It's like going to the Minnesota State Fair, kind of. OK, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> OK, uh, I think he's been hiding his accent all night. I think 2018 okay, was the what was the earlier question? Sorry. I don't remember what my earlier question was. I, I what? Um, See, we, we have a lot of ADD on this show. Uh, a lot of it. Something about South by before that. There was some one other thing, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Well, I, I think I was going to mention something uh, that I, I forgot what year it was. It This would have been like 2012 or 2013. Um, Prince did like a pop-up show at... Uh, Lazona Rose. Do you remember that, Robin? Yes, do. And there was a line like two blocks down the road. Uh, wait, was it was it Lazona Rosa or was it uh, um, the Belmont? It was, it, nope, it was Lazona Rosa. Because I know he played the Belmont. Yep. <laughs> I wow. A, I have a story for that one. Well, let's hear it. Because that was a private party, and mm. so uh, my dad contracts musicians. Um, and he's been doing it for 50 years. And so I think probably late 90s, he teamed up with a, a, a uh, um, an events coordinator, a private events coordinator here in Austin. And so this one party, the guy wanted Prince. And so, you know, went through all the chains, got that. Um, and so the Belmont is... It's an indoor, it's got an indoor section, but it's mostly like you walk in and it's this long uh, shotgun kind of to the back where it opens up and there's a stage back there. Well, Prince apparently pointed at the center of the stage and was like, I want to enter right there. So the guy paid to have the wall knocked out behind the stage so that Prince could enter right there. And uh, it was just like, and, and the guy just was like real nonchalant about it. He's like, whatever he wants. Wow. So that's. Um, it was a, it was I, an interesting, I just remember dad having to deal with that when I was younger going, I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot of money to, but if, if that's that, what he wants. Does that sound like something he would do or say? Sure. Right on. 
right yeah. on, man. I, I just my favorite thing was that he wanted instead of green rooms, he wanted purple rooms. <laughs> Did they know. do that too? Yes. Wow, I think that was great. It was, uh, um, and apparently he he was only supposed to play for like forty minutes. And he ended up playing for like an hour and a half and then like staying and like hanging out. And he was apparently like just the, the coolest, nicest guy, um, which, awesome. you know, I've worked with some people who are of that status. And I'm just like, you kid. <laughs> what? What? What did you just say about him? Oh, no, no, no. Not status? Prince. Not Prince. I was saying. Yeah, what did you say about Prince, Rob? I said nothing about <laughs> Prince. I said uh, I've worked with people, other people of that status. And I've been at the end of working with him. I'm just like, you could just cough. Like, I don't like you. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's always cool to hear when someone of that level is just a kind of a cool guy. Um, no, Prince was a lot of fun to hang out with. And he, he had a great sense of humor about him. That's always one of the favorite things I liked about him. He, he just liked to, um, be funny he should have he really you know i always said he you know once he started doing movies he should have done a comedy like buddy comedy routine you know movie with somebody like like eddie murphy or somebody eddie murphy was a huge fan of princes and used to come to our shows in la whenever we played there he'd be backstage with us hanging out and uh to me they that would have been a, a great thing to have prince and eddie in a film that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Think about if great. Beverly Hills Cop had Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Beverly Hills Prince. There you go. Uh-huh. Have Prince as a character. And, I, you know, it's funny. I just watched Under the Cherry Moon a couple weeks ago at Paisley Park. They had a special event. It was like an anniversary showing with a full-on audience. And Bobby Z did a Q&A before the showing of the film. So that that movie gives you a glimpse of prince's humor um i mean the film was panned unfortunately uh, due to various reasons but it, it still is entertaining you know so when, in hindsight when you see it now and you watch it there's a, some funny moments in there you know between him and jerome and the characters in the movie have you ever seen any of you seen under the cherry moon that's no nope, i'm writing but, it down yeah uh i actually on the plane was it uh Two weeks ago for Thanksgiving, flying back from Denver, Sun Country doesn't have Wi-Fi, but they have like movie selection. Yeah. And I had my phone up and I was like, "Purple Rain." It's been a while. I'll watch it. Wow. Yeah. So, so under the cherry moon, uh, at the end credits, there's a video of the song "Mountains" with the revolution in that for the, the as the credits roll in that film. Roll. Very cool. Yeah. Well, definitely gonna check yeah, that out. Yeah. That's on my now growing movie list. <laughs> so now I have to watch the second and third Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. But yeah, you, you guys are never going to do that yet. Yeah, I started the second one. And <clears throat> anything I tell these guys to listen to or watch, they're like, we'll do it. And then uh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I always listen to what you send me. I just don't respond most of the time. Fair enough. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about Sign of the Times? Have you watched Sign of the Times yet? Anybody? Writing it down. Oh. Anybody? That's that's. I'm gonna hold on. It's been a while if I have. Okay, great Prince concert film. Okay, then no, 19... I haven't seen it. I'm also in that. Okay. 
It, it it's a live concert called Sign of the yep. Times. Okay, right. right on. Dude, this is. Oh wait, I should I should make an announcement about this. Dude, this is even better. Um, so in 1985, the Revolution played at in the uh, the Dome Stadium in Syracuse, New York, on the Purple Rain tour, and it, there was a live satellite feed that went. I think it went nationwide or maybe to Europe only. I don't remember exactly. I need to get detail on this, but it was, it was released on VHS and then later on Laserdisc Ooh. in the 80s. Ooh. Now the Paisley park estate, Prince estate has taken all of that footage and remastered it and remastered the soundtrack in Dolby Atmos. And it will be released in June and there will be a special release event with the revolution there in Los Very cool. Probably in LA. Well, so we're going to have to go. come to it and do the show live from the red carpet. Sure. Why? <laughs> hey, you know what? I believe if you don't put things out into the universe, how are they supposed to happen? And it never hurts to ask. That's very true. You know, I, I want to see Paisley Park, so I got to get out to Minneapolis. Um, I want to come see it. Do you, do you frequent it? Do you go every once in a while? Well, yeah, I've had to. I'm out there at least several times a year for events and stuff. They've been having me do stuff there. And Bobby Z is here, also the drummer's from Minneapolis. He's here still. So he and I are called upon to do some things from time to time out there. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, Robin, we got to get up there. Yeah, it's 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 uh yeah, there's there's several studios on my list of you know that I was like okay I want to go see this studio, and Paisley Park's been what? on for a while. Oh, besides Paisley, oh oh, you mean like studio other studios? Yeah, in general, I've got like... a I've got a list of like fifteen studios around the world that I just want to go and. Uh... I I was at Peter Gabriel's Real World facility back. April of 2019. Wow. If you want about a badass room. Go that on. was a brilliant. <laughs> I can't, you have to, you know, I just have to, it's just amazing. The control room it, it, itself, the or the studio A, because there's like, there's like a studio B, which is really cool. But the A, the big A room is just huge. I mean, it's just like this massive U-shaped SSL console. And there's a, a full 180 degree window array in front of that as you're looking out onto this big uh, pond that's out there. It's like there's this whole it, it's on a bunch of acres. I can't remember how much land it's on, but there's it's like a whole estate. I mean, you can just go all over the place and walk around and there's water flowing. And wow. It, it used to be like an old I think it was like a, originally an old flour mill or something like that. And they use the water for power to grind flour or do all kinds of stuff. It, it's a really amazing. You got to look it up online. Just look up real words, real, the real world studios, and 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 look at the website, and you'll see what it's all about. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And out your years of of recording at many studios, I'm sure all over the U.S. What what are some of the ones that stand out the most to you? Oh. Um, Sunset Sound in, in L.A. I like a lot. And, of course, East West Studios in L.A. I like that a lot. And Henson, which is the old A&M facility. 
And are these all LA studios? They're all LA based. There's gotcha. been a you know a couple things in New York over the years. Um, like I was at P Diddy's room, and which was like in right in Manhattan there. Wow. So, Is it in a high rise? Yeah, but it's not that far up, really. It's not that high off. It's only like a few floors up. Right on. Right on. Is, is, is there he a... still, I was going to say, is he still P. Diddy or is it Diddy or is it Puff Diddy? I mean, he's changed so many times. I can't keep I'm track. That right now. I haven't been paying attention to him lately. <laughs> it's probably, what is it? Is it? Is his name Sh- Sean Combs? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. Probably going back to just that. We'll go with Sean, Sean. Combs. Yeah, we'll go with Sean. Sean. <laughs> uh, now, is there a big music scene in Minneapolis still? Like, is is that a big music town? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Good, great venues here, and there's been a few new ones that have come in lately that they they've put out uh, put together. Like the the old Minneapolis Armory, they completely refurbished it into this beautiful oh. venue, and then the Fillmore built the room here that yep. opened up. Before the pandemic, like just as the pandemic hit, they were trying to open oh, in the gut. Yeah, they had they had a big concert announcement, announcements, and the whole works, and then yeah, everything hit, and it's like, oh, we'll open sometime. That but yeah, there's, there's other venues that have been here for years that are still going strong, and it's it's a great town for the culture in general, for theater and uh, music and art. It's it's a very diverse uh, midwestern. You know, I like to I like to call it a mini New York kinda. Right oh, on the mini Apple. Because it it really encompasses the arts in a good way for a smaller community, in my opinion. Right on. I uh what what would you say is the main music genre in, in Minneapolis? Um at this point? Sure. Boy, I don't have a clue. Okay. Everything. It's kind of a mixed bag, yeah. Everything. Everything's coming and going out of here right now. Everything's coming in, every genre. You can see anything here, really. Wow. You know, I, I, I just need to come up there. You know, TJ's always telling me to come up there, and um, and I just, I never think of it as a, as a music town, but it really is. It's a small town, though, and, it, you know, in, in a sense— Compared, I mean, you know, the population of Minneapolis itself proper is only about 350,000, roughly 330,000. It used to be bigger. It used to be 450,000 when I was a kid growing up. But everybody's migrated out to the suburbs and they're commuting in back and forth. So the true population is fluctuating day in and day out from the business sure. people. So, but the actual people who live in the city, that's probably like 330,000 residents. It's not that big, really, when you think about it. For, you know, in St. Louis. And and, and uh, St. Paul's even a bit smaller. So you got the Twin Cities, which comprise maybe about six hundred fifty thousand, and then the surrounding suburbs with every all in, maybe one and a half million people in the whole metro area, as we like to call it. And then the rest of Minnesota takes up the rest of the population, which is about you know five million something. Right on. So you know, but but the pop but actually Minneapolis. And St. Paul, but many of the Twin Cities has really become way more international than it was when I was growing up. I and mean, we we have every ethnic group represented here. We've got a lot of 
influx of immigrants coming in compared to, you know, so like, and that's reflected in the cuisine here when I were just as eclectic as Chicago or New York to me or LA. It's the way Austin's you know. become. We've got so much yes. food. So I'm glitching again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my camera feed. Well, last time I was in Minneapolis, I had some incredible mozzarella sticks and a pulled pork sandwich. What else did we get, TJ? <laughs> Uh yeah, what did we get? Where were a we? Beer? The Lion? Lions Pub. You ever been to Lions Pub? Sure. Okay, so that's a famous spot. Right on. And then we got a purple snurple or something? Purple hooter at uh, the loon. No, this is yeah, no, this is Lions Pub in off uh it's right down the street from like Murray's Steakhouse. Oh that one, yep. Yep. Okay. I think there's Lions Tap too. I can't remember where that is, but Yeah. That... TJ what theater did I play at when I came to see you? Oh, Pantages. I don't or... know. Or Gar. I th- I'll have to... think off a of hennepin somewhere. You mean you don't remember every single venue that you played on a very long tour? I was out. For, <laughs> I was out for nine months, homie. I think we played what two hundred shows or something. Orpheum, maybe you played Orpheum. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. We've lost him. (laughs) And he's gone. Um, Island? Sorry, I'm just trying to fix my phone that's about to lose battery power. Oh, Oh, you're good. No worries. Oh, good. Um, I actually think we're going to... We're we're getting to the end of this whole thing. Um, So, Zach reminded me of a question that I haven't asked people in a long time. But I'd be very curious as to someone who's worked in the industry as long as you have. Uh, it's the desert island question. But I have two caveats, or two, uh, two rules, basically. You can't use any compilation album, and you can't use the greatest hits. So it's got to be like an actual album from the artist or something. So if you, off the top of your head, the, what would be five albums that you would take to a desert island? if you were stuck there five albums i would take to a desert island if i were stuck there okay um i i i think to start with i'd probably want some classical album just so i have that genre from that era because i like a lot of that stuff too okay and classical i will say classical is the one that because there's you know, Beethoven, Mozart, those guys, they weren't releasing albums. <laughs> they weren't recording oh, back then. So them is album. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I thought if it was an if it was a recorded version though, I mean that'd be considered an album, yeah. though, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. We're gonna have to change this question, Robin, and be like, all right, who can you bring with? Like we can bring <laughs> Beethoven, Mozart. No, yeah, like a recorded like a, yeah, like a recorded album. But with when you get into classical, I, I didn't think about this. Uh there is no such thing as like an album, you know, like they gotcha. So they, right. those let's, are compilations. So that's that excludes my. Uh, okay. You can use those, but you can you can okay. throw away like the greatest hits. The, the those rules for the classical genre. Okay. All right. Skip that. All right. So so I I would uh, I would take just about any great big band era person, you know, but I don't know who yet. Uh, it, it would probably be Frank Sinatra. I'd have an album from him. I don't know which one he had so many. I can't remember, but I'd pick one out from one of his things, you know, along the way, probably 
probably in the 1950s or something. And then from there, of course, uh, definitely uh, a Beatles record because they were such a huge influence on me as a kid growing up. Um, it's so that's a tough one though, which record, but it would, it would probably be Sergeant Pepper or um, maybe a little later, like like Abbey Road or something. Uh, and then from there, um, and by the way, did you see the documentary, the Beatles documentary on? Uh, I just ju just heard about it. Just started I, it <laughs> right before the show, and I was like, we could watch like 15 minutes of it, then I gotta go, but we're gonna finish it up after this. Yeah, have you all have you started it too, uh, um, Zach? I started Zach, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, sir, I have not. Okay, but, well, you guys watch it. It's really cool. Anyway, getting back to to the these albums. Okay, so I said the Beatles. I said uh, Frank Sinatra, um, Miles Davis. I know that I would go with some Steely Dan like Asia. Is it, we're up to four now, right? Yep. Yeah. And and then, Jesus, is so hard for me. You guys, this is a too hard of a question, but maybe an Earth, Wind, and Fire album of some kind. Ooh. I'll go for that. Well, I tell I tell Robin this is a tough question. But and then I like it's, yes too. I want yes in there. It's an ever changing question yeah. too, because like what you like today might be like, oh wait a second, tomorrow, but. So I just that's that's off the top of my head some of my favorites, but you know I my I'm I'm way over beyond all that too. I mean, there's a lot more stuff that I I like, so yeah. it's hard that's a question. That's a lousy question. Yeah, come on, Robin. <laughs> I it, it, it's it's not I like I don't I don't want to you know make it tough for anybody. It's just really interesting to me to hear what certain what people would choose to bring because i've asked it before and i've gotten things that i'm just like wait really that album okay you know they love lousy it. question robin you know lousy terrible terrible but here, here's one more thing you know i i freaking love broadway too you know and I, and I didn't pick a broadway play you know but there's about a bazillion broadway plays i love out there too i'm really looking forward to this newest version of west side story that's about to come out so yeah, I can't believe Steven Spielberg uh, directed this latest rendition yep. here. Very excited about that, um, amongst other things. So can't wait to see the Lucy and the 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 being the Ricardos film that's about. To yeah, come that out. looks good. Yeah, that looks that interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know about Nicole Kidman being cast as Lucille Ball. It's a little bit of a stretch for me, but she when you see the you know some of the trailer stuff, she sounds like her. And, Kind of looks like her, but it's interesting. Who's playing Just have to call Ricky Ricardo again? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that's uh, oh, well, the Desi guy. Ar sorry, Desi Arnaz. The guy playing Desi Arnaz. I just saw him on the other day. Uh, the guy, who's that guy who was in the Coen Brothers film? Is it, is it Javier Bardem? Bardem, Javier Bardem. Okay. I, I thought I was right at first, but I didn't want to like blur it out because I felt it was like when in school when you think you have the right answer, but you're too scared to raise your hand and you're right the whole time. Yeah, you know yeah. what? <laughs> I was like, don't. I saw it in Zach's eyes. Yeah. Well, then, then I, I want to go out with this question. Uh, who are you listening to now? New music that you're listening to now. Oh, newer. Boy. 
Oh, new stuff. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I go to my sons. I have two boys. They're one's 26, the other one's 24. And I say, what are you guys listening to? What's the latest hot thing that you like? And then they give me the list of artists to go check out. Because I can't, I can't keep up with all of it right now. Neither can I. It's, it's really hard. Now, but, you know, there's a group from Minneapolis uh, by the name of Hippocampus that I like. And the lead singer, I worked with him in my studio on an album in an earlier band that he was in. They were called Blatant Youth. Like, gosh, I don't know. It's got to be going on 10 years ago. Maybe 2012. I can't remember. Really cool stuff. And now, and they've, they've gotten it. He, he went on to be with this group called Hippocampus, and they're really hot right now. They've been hot. They, they announced a new tour they're doing. So, yeah, I, I enjoy working with young people. I, I'm currently working with an artist, by the way, called the, the name of Michelle Rose. She's on Michelle Rose Music on YouTube. If you want to check out some of those tracks, sure. Is is it, what kind of music is that? Pop, it's just poppy stuff. Righteous. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, well, wait a uh, second. If you guys get a question, I get one more too. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have? This might be a two-parter, but maybe you can answer one or the other or both. Favorite venue you played? Uh, say Minnesota cities area. And or favorite song you did with or without Prince? Favorite venues. Well, of course, I lo- we love First Avenue because you know that we that was great. But you know the old the old Met Sports Center was fun to play for for an you know if you're in going to play an arena here in in the Twin Cities. Although St. Paul Civic Center was great, the Orpheum Theater was great. We played there. Um, we played Northrop Auditorium, I think, one time. Well, Prince did. I sat in with him for that. That was a special event after I was out of the band. Did you? I know. I heard rumors that he'd always go to bunkers sometimes. Yeah, he goes. Bunkers. I like jamming at bunkers with people. I've done that over the nice. years. Uh, and then, what was the song? The my favorite song with Prince. With or without. With or without. Yep, with something without something that, like you're really proud of, or like something you're like this is it, or maybe both if you want to answer them both. <sighs> See, I get I get asked the favorite Prince song thing. It's really not an easy question to ask again. You know, it's too hard. There's too many good songs that I liked. Good job, TJ. Kidding. Well, okay, it's better than your <laughs> question. Hey. <laughs> and then, oh, I just found out I got tickets to the Foo Fighters. Oh, nice. U.S. Bank Stadium. Yep, we're going. I guess we're all going, guys. You heard the man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, as far as Prince songs, what do I like? Uh, when Doves Cry, because that was a challenge to play the solo on that one at the end. Um, uh, songs I played on for other people, though, or worked on in the studio. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, anything like you're like this is like this is like my art. This is I there's like- a, a song called Funk. Funk 808 or Funk 108, yeah, Funk 108, which was on the fourth Lip Sync album, which is out of Minneapolis. So those were the guys who did the song Funky Town. Nice. Nice. That's all I can think of. 
movement. I played on other things over the years, and it's not striking me at the moment. I'm oh, sorry. all good. I just figured that was my my ending questions. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Well, my friend, thank you so much for being here. We really do appreciate it, and it was a pleasure meeting and talking with you. Well, hang tight, and we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah. Absolutely. For everyone who uh, who tuned in, thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Over to you, Mr. TJ. Uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks for uh, blessing us with your presence. Thanks for the doctor being in uh, town. And, uh, yeah, uh, love you guys. Do the like, subscribe thing, whatever, blah, blah, that we hate to plug every week. And uh, over to you, Robin. Thank you so much for coming on, and, and this was this was a lot of I always enjoy talking with the people who are, are like in the band of the big, big person, because it's, it's always interesting to hear their side of the story and their side of the, you know, their view of everything. And it's just, it's just fun. Um, so I thank you for coming on and, and sharing with us. Uh, if you are watching, please uh, follow Matt wherever he is. And uh, then follow Max Millie. Check his check his son out. Listen to that that uh, Darko collab that he did. Uh, Darko. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see all of y'all next time. And yes, for those of you wondering, those are fully automatic Nerf guns. In the for none of you wondering, <laughs> and of course he's got a flashlight. Of course, I just darkened the room a little bit. You can't see him anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will uh, we'll see y'all next time. Is this thing still on? Yes, it is. Now is it still on? I'm hitting the finish button. <laughs>